Hello and welcome to Storytime with Shining Nathan. If you followed us here from TikTok or YouTube, we're so happy you're here. If you found us organically, welcome, you're in for a treat, as Shining Nathan, or as people like to call him, your gay auntie, will be reading you stories throughout literary history. So grab yourself something to eat, drink, and get all cuddled up while Shining Nathan takes you on a literary adventure. Be sure to follow us on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram, and subscribe for future stories. Hello, sweet peas and sugar dumplings. This is your gay auntie, Shining Nathan, and I'm glad to have you here for another wonderful story time by me. <laughs> now, today, I oh, before I begin, I want to remind you to go find me on Instagram, Shining underscore Nathan, and that way you can kind of keep up to date if I don't post for a while on TikTok here or YouTube, you'll be able to see why, because I tend to keep updates on my story, whatever that thing is called over there. And then, a little shameless plug for my Patreon, I now have a $3 level, that's $3 a month to support your gay auntie so I can continue making all this wonderful content. And I'd be wonderfully happy if you did. If you want to search Patreon, look for Shining Nathan. I also, on my YouTube, have started the Bell series, which is a take off of my Southern Bell serial killer I used to do once upon a time when people would do, What If I Broke Into Your House? Well, I'm turning that into a little web series, and episode one is already up, called The Bell. Anyway, look up YouTube and look in Shining Nathan. Now... We're going to do things a little bit differently today, as I'm going to try to ad-lib a wonderful story that we all know and love. Now, this story is a little different from our previous ones. Now, before we were with uh, Rudyard Kipling in England, and now we're going to go back 400 years in time, cross the English Channel to France, and join Charles Perrault, or Perrault, however you want to pronounce him, who is the original writer of the Cinderella story, or Cendrillon. I believe that's how it pronounced, or Cendrillon, whichever one. Um... And one of the most fascinating things about Perrault was that he introduced the famous elements of the fairy godmother, the pumpkin carriage, and the glass slippers. Now, so we do not upset a certain fairy tale mouse that's very famous, that covers a lot of fairy tale stories, I'll be doing this story time ablibbed, where I will kind of make it up as I go along, keeping up with Perrault's type of storytelling. Well, his general framework of how the story goes of Cinderella and continue on. And this will be a little bit more abridged, of course, but I hope we can enjoy this tale together. So get your popcorn, your snacks, something nice to drink and get your beautiful cozy blanket. Or if you're driving home, get relaxed and just focus on the road in my voice because we're going to a wonderful fantasy kingdom far away and long ago in a fantasy world. And in this world, Cinderella lives. In a world far removed from our own, many generations in the past, full of magic, whimsy, and wonder, there was a prosperous kingdom 
full of food, safety and harmony, laughter and joy, ruled over by a benevolent king and his queen. Now the king and the queen, they had a son, a young prince of the age of the ripe young age of nineteen. Now, as most 19-year-olds of the time want to do, he spent a great deal of his time training with the soldiers, marshalling the military, and just kind of being doing all sorts of shenanigans all over the palace and kingdom and abroad. Now, the king and his queen were growing ever and ever more concerned over their wonderful son, the prince, and they figured it was time for him to settle down, as was the custom of this time and in this world. So one day, when the prince came back to the castle after a long weekend of hunting and gallivanting across the countryside, the king and the queen sat him down. Now, my son, it is about time we find you a bride. Why, yes, my dear one, you spend too much time out enjoying all these things that really you don't focus on getting ready on being a king. Yes, your mother is right, my dear prince. It is time. And we know you are a charming one. You must learn your kingly duties at... My father, it is fine. I know what you do. You kind of walk on that. My dear son, no. There's a lot more to being king than just ruling. You must have a tender hand, but an iron fist against your enemies. You must be firm, but soft. You must hear the needs of those in your kingdom, lest they grow unhappy with you and cast you out of the royal throne. There's so much more you do not understand, and I think the first steps will be for you to find a bride. Yes, a bride, my dearest little one, said the queen. We can throw you a ball. Why, yes, a ball, the king replied. Mother, father, no, I, I, I'm not ready. I still like enjoy marshalling with the troops, and it's just too soon. No nonsense, my dear son. It is time. We shall throw you a fantastic ball, and we'll invite every maiden, fair and old, to the palace, so you may find a bride who suits your fancy. Oh, father, why must I? Because it's for the good of the kingdom, and for you, my dear boy. You have great promise in you, but you lack focus. Yes, my dear son, when I met your father, he was just as reckless as you. But he saw that he needed to put his duty first. And to be honest, it was love at first sight. We did not need a ball, but... It was nice to have had one to uh, for us to see each other again and for us to make it official. <laughs> Mother, father, I know y'all met while y'all were both enjoying the art of the gallery symposium in the town across the country. But now, 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 it was beautiful. But you, my dear boy, were throwing a ball. Yes, a ball. Fine, can I at least pick the flavor of the cake? 
Now across the kingdom, across the capital city, across its walls, there was a manor house. In this manor house was a young, an elderly lord, forgive me, of the ripe age of sixty-five. In his manor house lived his second wife, whom we will call stepmother, because she's important but not the protagonist of the story. Two stepsisters, once again, like the stepmother, and his first daughter, Cinderella, and of course many different servants and different courtiers around that helped keep the wonderful manor running. Now, his firstborn Cinderella was a beauty unlike many others. Yes, there were other beauties just like her in the kingdom, but she was special in many ways for her kindness and unwavering caring and loveliness. Unfortunately for her, many years ago, the lord of the manor's first wife passed of a deadly disease that ravaged the kingdom for a short time, and then he remarried the stepmother. Now, unlike her mother, stepmother was an entirely different breed. For her two daughters, the stepsisters, while attractive, could be considered homely to many, but still attractive in their way, but they did not compare to the beauty of Cinderella, unfortunately, which drove stepmother, with lack of a better term, mad. And so... Since the lord of the manor was very rarely home, for he ran a very vast estate with many business prospects all across the kingdom and abroad, it was just Cinderella, the stepsisters, and stepmother. And that was very unfortunate for Cinderella, for the stepmother treated her no better, if not less than, the servants who were supposed to clean the manor. Cinderella had to do so as well. She was not dressed in the same finery as her stepsisters. Oh, no. She was dressed even less than the servants who helped clean the manor. She would scrape and clean. She would scrub and scour every surface and did the most demeaning chores the stepsisters and stepmother asked her to do. I say ask is a very loose term. Now you may be wondering to yourself, Auntie, why didn't she tell her father? Well, her father was a very absent-minded sort, and after several times of her trying to tell him and him not believing her, because the stepmother was a highly manipulative one, she stopped trying, and he was way too invested in maintaining the wealth of the matter to ensure his beautiful bride and all his three children could remain in the luxury that they'd become accustomed. It's a tale as old as time. Now, back to Cinderella. One day in their wonderful manor home, a knock came to the grand doors, Cinderella, being Cinderella, heard this yell from across the manor. Cinderella! It is time! Go answer the door! The servants are running my bath. 
Yes, stepmother. And off Cinderella went, and when she answered the door, it was one of the king's courtiers with a message. A message for this wonderful manor house from the king, queen, and crown prince. Good day. And he handed them a bound and sealed scroll. Cinderella closed the door and headed upstairs. Stepmother, there's a missive or a message from the king. A missive, a missive, a missive, came the stepmother and stepsister's voices. I knew one day he would see my wonderful daughters and the beauties they are. I'm sure it's a personal invitation to the palace. Oh my goodness, it must have been he has been thinking about them or me since he saw us in the market two years ago. Oh, my goodness. Well, how did he go? Cinderella did as she was told. Here you go, stepmother. Oh, no, it's for me. No, it is for me. The two stepsisters tried fighting for the missive, but at a raised hand from the stepmother, they quieted. Let's see whom this is for. Oh, for the XYZ Manor House. Well, they must have made a mistake. They just meant it. Let's see who it's addressed to inside. And she popped the wax seal. Now, unbeknownst to them, all across the kingdom, courtiers from the king and queen were dispatching these same scrolls to every home with maidens all across the kingdom. You see, these three were the type that didn't really wander far from the manor house except to go to market on the weekends. And currently, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> Dear ladies of this household, oh, he's talking about us. This tomorrow will be the beginning of a festival culminating in a grand ball to find the bride for the ground prince. The ball will commence in two evening hands. Yours truly, king of this grand kingdom. Mm, oh, well, look at that. Oh, my goodness, we must get to market. Hold on, there's fine script. At this ball, the prince shall find his bride. Every maiden is welcome, trash, and to shoot their shot at their chance to find love with the crown prince. Well, well then, I guess we must put forth our best and finest. Girls, let's go to market and buy you new hats and makeup and scents that will endorse the prince. Oh, fantastic, mother. mother. Stepmother, let me go get my jacket. Not you, girl, said Stepmother at once to Cinderella. You have so much to attend to here in the manor. For instance, you must keep my bath hot for when we return. Well, Stepmother, I can surely heat it back up right before, right after we get back. Nonsense, nonsense, girl, I want a hot bath the moment I step through this door. And also, you know that the shoes of the other girls must be dusted. Anyway, that is all. Goes on, goes on. A liveried butler came down the hallway. Yes, mistress. Get the carriage ready, we go to market. And you, Cinderella, 
Not another word about this ball for you. You have far too much in a very way. The prince would not be attracted to such a scrubby little thing like you. I mean, look at you, dust-crusted fingers, smudge of coal all over your face, and gown, but still, I can just... Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. You're hardly cultured enough to be seen. Anyway, good day. And the stepmother and stepsisters were off to their carriage back to market. Cinderella, feeling defeated, for her elation at potentially getting to go to a ball for once, went back to her quarters, yes, quarters, underneath the basement and cellar. There she had a little menagerie of things that brought her joy, the kerchief of her long-past mother, odds of ends from her old bedroom, like the four-poster bed that was still gilded but chipping, nice little settee and odds and ends of what she could scrounge of beautiful finery. She lay there, sulking. She thought to herself maybe a trip through the garden would keep her happier. She just finished tending the roses not an hour or two before. So off she strode, trying to think of a way she could convince her stepmother to let her go to the ball just for a reprieve from work. She didn't care about no prince. Well, maybe she did. She wasn't sure. But just to get out for a night, for two nights, for the festival and the ball would be... Oh, it would be just grand. All these thoughts passed through her mind, fantasies of the gown she would wear to the ball, the clothes, the scents, the foods, oh, the foods of the market vendors at, mar at the festival, the things she could see. Tons of thoughts sprawled past her mind as she wandered the grounds of the manor house and the gardens, full of roses and lilies and scents and trees galore. It wasn't long before sun, the sun started to set, and she knew she had to go get to work at once at heating the bath of stepmother, or she would be yelled at once again for her, as her stepmother said, tomfoolery. Off she set back to work, making sure that the right incense were poured, for the servants had already shuttered for the night. The bathing servants, of course. The other servants were downstairs getting the dinner ready. Bit by bit, she got the incense and everything working. And she heard the doors open to the grand foyer. And the stepsisters and stepmother went straight to the dining room to begin their dinner. That was the way it was. She would wait for after their bath and she would eat what the servants had tucked away for her. And anyway, she continued primping and preening, and occasionally looking at herself in the mirror of the bathroom to see what she would look like in jewels of gold and sapphires and rubies and diamonds. Oh! What a wondrous look she had. What a wonderful... Cinderella! Is my bath ready? 
Oh, yes, stepmother. As the stepmother came bounding in, the stepsisters were already ensconced in their baths in their suite of the manor house. Good, good, as the stepmother said, throwing off every vestige. Help me out of my gorset. I must get into the bath. The market was full. Evidently, every maiden in the kingdom got their letter, and the old answer to do. Several of them got it before we did. It was a wonder we got the hats and tiaras at all. Oh, my goodness, so down, Cinderella, you're going to choke the breath out of me. Cinderella, been ever tender, had not tightened the corset at all, but was loosening it. But that was stepmother's way. Oh, now be gone, Cinderella. I'm ready for my bath. And in went the stepmother into her steaming hot bath. You could do better next time, Cinderella. It's hardly hot enough, she said as she started to look as ripe as a tomato. But Cinderella paid her no mind. She went by the library of the manor and picked up her favorite book and went down to her one little cot little quarters. And that's when she got to scheming. Oh, how, how can I get to the festival? Tomorrow morning, I'll ask her. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, she'll say yes. And Cinderella fell into a tired, tired sleep. And was awoken at before dawn by one of the servants, as always. Your mistress, your little breakfast, ma'am. Cinderella ate and went upstairs to greet her stepmother and stepsisters. Good morning. Oh, Cinderella, why are you so loud? Yes, Cinderella, why are you always so loud? Shut up, sister. Oh, shut up, Cinderella. And they were befuddling themselves. Her, a fire was already once again in the fireplace of the stepmother's room, because she always did not like and partial to the cold. She liked things hot, unbearably hot. The servant came in once again and started to die out the fireplace. Now, Cinderella, we have a lot of things to do. We're going to go to the festival later, but I think you need to polish our jewelry and get our shoes ready, and then it would be wonderful, absolute delight, if we could have some sweets from the baker. Our baker, huh? here next to the manor, for us so we can have the tailors come by later on this evening to prepare. Stepmother, can I please? Oh, no, 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 does too much to do. Go, 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 go. And Cinderella got to her daily chores, did her, did the chores she needed, and then once her stepmother added, by around noon, the tailors and hattiers and more and more had arrived. They were bellowing with fabrics, silks, and lace, and corsets and crinoline galore. Bit by bit, the stepsisters and stepmother were both, be all three, being sized and primped for their new gowns for the ball. For they would not wear such finery to a festival. Oh, no, they would wear their day-walking finest to be seen and catch the eye of hopefully the prince would join the festivities. But it was the ball that mattered most to them. 
The tailors and such began to get to work, stretching out fabric and more, measuring out the bosom and ample hips and waist of all the girls intended, except Cinderella. Cinderella watched on in envy, not vanity, but how much she wanted to be in silks and lace once again, just how soft and pretty they were. As she watched, holding a tray for her stepmother, she got up her gumption. Stepmother, I would, I really do would like to go to the ball. I've not worked extra hard, and I think it's time I should be allowed I'm just a night out. You want to go to the ball? Don't call me stepmother servant, at the, as the tailors looked at her in amazement at who this girl was in such rags talking to her this way. Excuse us, if y'all will please retire to the city while I talk to our servant girl. The tailors at once went off into the other side of the manor as the stepmother sealed the main drawing room and walked off to the kitchens. Cinderella was unaware of what her stepmother could be up to. You want to go to the ball? Come here, girl. Fine. Cinderella came back to the kitchens with her. You can go to the ball if you pick out every lentil and grain from this basket that I throw into this fireplace and return it all into the basket with not an ounce of ash in them. And she chucked the big basket of lentils and grains into the ashen fireplace of the kitchens. Cinderella gasped, but stepmother, I, I could never, there's no way, oh. No, 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 I can't. You want to go to the ball? That is my price, Cinderella. Oh, fine. And the stepmother was back in the front drawing room of the grand foyer as the tailors, at her beck and call, continued to work on the gowns and finery they three were to wear to the ball. Cinderella was once again bereaved and bereft of breath and thought or thing to say. Bit by bit she tried to pick out the lentils, but it was so much, so very much. She tried and tried. She needed to break. It was almost she was not going to make it to the festival. But the ball, at least... She heard her stepmother and stepsisters leave as the sunset started to go to the big festival and she heard the starting fireworks. She took a break, went into the garden, her wonderful place to think and to consider. As she walked, thinking her wonderful dreams, hoping her wonderful hopes, she looked up at a shooting star shooting star so early that must be it must be lucky I'm gonna make a wish my dear dear shooting star please help me move fast enough to pick all the lentils and grain out of the kitchen fireplace please help me work so fast that I can get them out and then hopefully go to the ball she made a wish and looked up. But there was something weird about that shooting star. That shooting star stopped dead in its tracks, circled once in the sky, as if looking at her. 
and came down, 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 faster and faster as it began to grow to the size of a big pumpkin and then bigger. Cinderella jumped into one of the big bushes in the garden. Oh my goodness! As it stopped about five feet above the air in a vaguely person-shaped sphere. Hello! Your wish! And a pop! And there was a little plump woman, couldn't be more than four feet tall, appeared out of this glowing sphere. Little girl, what is your name? Oh, come out of there. With a snap, Cinderella was out of the bush and in front of this, whatever this being was. Um, hello. Um, I, I, I don't know what you are. Oh, well, evidently, I am your fairy godmother. <laughs> oh, my goodness, you had to pick me. Well, honey, I'm glad to be here. Now, not a very impressive wish, but a heartfelt one. I'm Fairy Godmother, Ella. Or you can just call me Fairy Granny. We all have different names along the same theme, but you picked me. Oh, you picked me in such a heartfelt wish for something so simple, girl. Uh, what is your name? Well, my name is Cinderella. Oh, well, wonderful. Well, let's show me this fireplace. You made the wish, and I'm here to grant it. <laughs> oh, okay, right this way. You hungry at all? Oh, no, so kind of you, dear heart. But no, 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 I'm here to grant your wish and be off. And make sure your wish is seen through. Cinderella led her through the back doors, the back kitchens and to the fireplace here my stepmother said as long as i pick out every lentil and grain i can go to the ball tomorrow night and i just so want to get out but i can't leave my daddy who knows what she'd do with him if i wasn't here to kind of be the direction of her eye oh well this is a very easy wish to do flip it bip bip up in the cup and bit by bit, every lentil and grain hopped out of that little fire, big old fireplace, shook themselves clean of every ounce of ash, and in they went back into the basket. Well, that was easy enough. Now, that was the second part. To go to the ball, to go to the ball. Well, I'm going to stick around to make sure that this goes through. Now, where can I little sneak off to? What is that? And she pipped into a tea kettle. As the front doors to the home opened, Cinderella had not realized how long she'd been in the garden. Hours. It was already close to ten o'clock. Stepmother would be too tired to show her today, but tomorrow first thing in the morning. That way it'll be more believable. Right. Cinderella went to bed. No request or beck and call from her stepmother's stepsisters. At Cinderella's relief. <laughs> Unfortunately for Cinderella, her stepmother had different plans. First thing in the morning after her stepmother had her breakfast, Cinderella went straight up to her stepmother with the basket of lentils and grains. Stepmother, look, I did it, I did it. Oh, get away from me, filthy girl. 
You did what? I got all the lentils out of the fireplace. I can go to the ball now. You silly, stupid little girl! How did you even? No matter. No, you cannot go to the ball. You silly thing. No prince wants to be seen with you. No, no, no. You will stay here. You will attend to the house, and your sisters and I will go. I had no intention of letting you go. You silly girl. Now be away from me. The servants will take care of me and your sisters while we get ready for the ball. And off Cinderella went to her quarters, heartbroken. Her stepmother had lied. She should have seen this coming. It wasn't the first time her stepmother had done so, but she'd hoped. It was always hope. She stayed in her quarters all day, crying, wishing, hoping. However, would she get to the ball? She has no gowns, nothing pretty. Time passed remarkably slow, yet remarkably fast. At the same time, as she heard her stepmother and stepsisters leave through the front doors, and the carriage take off for the castle, and the fireworks commemorating the beginning of the ball, go off. Cinderella, wake up! Why are you crying? Why aren't you going to the ball? You're not even dressed. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Cinderella came to as the gas. She'd probably only been asleep fifteen minutes, but below her little cot, her bed, sorry for posted, was a teapot, hopping and hopping and hopping. Teapot, grandmother, fairy grandmother, and. Went the fairy grandmother, godmother, into her original form. You're supposed to be off to the ball. Oh, fairy godmother, my stepmother had no intention of letting me. Well, your wish is still active. We're gonna get you to go, sweet darling. Let's get you outside. We gotta get you a gown. But godmother, there's no gown outside. Oh, tis toss, tis toss, tis toss. I got magic. And the fire godmother rushed her outside and started to work. With some whispering and mutton, may there be sequins and diamonds and jewels galore. Gold and lace and poor, 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 from vine and blossom and tree bark and splinter. Make this dress for my little cinder, Ella. <laughs> And before Cinderella knew it, the trees and bark and all the f the flowers galore started forming around her. Bushes became bushels of fabric, vines became gloves and ribbons and tassels galore, and they formed and morphed around her. Blossoms and rosebuds became beautiful gilded blossoms. And rubies and sapphires. Her gown was a rainbow of color, and a rainbow of finery. It billowed and flowed like silk of water, and she looked like a rainbow of a prism of color. And it settled, bit by bit. Into a fine gown, finer than anyone had seen in the entire kingdom. 
It had a light prismatic hue. The vines and flowers of rose and lily began to settle down into intricate designs of gold and lace across this beautiful gown. What started as bright, eye-searing rainbows muted down to a beautiful, glittering, prismed hue like you would see when looking into a diamond. She was gloriously resplendent in this stunning gown, unlike any the world had seen before or since. Now, my darling, it's time for your hair and carriage, and before Cinderella could say anything, her hair began to lift up and turn and curl into a beautiful lattice work of braids falling back into a cascade of her golden hair, tied at top with a golden rose. And as she saw that and felt that happening, one of the beautiful pumpkins from the vegetable patch began to grow and grow and change to a big old carriage of gold as its own vines became wheels and it began to grow further. And you, she could see within pillows so soft and light formed as windows popped out and carved of intricate designs all across what was now a gilded carriage. Oh, such wonder and magic. She looked up and two birds, three birds, four birds came down and settled Two by two, in front of the carriages, they grew and grew into big old horses. She was aghast at their coloring, for they were beautiful, pearlescent blue. This could surely not be seen as anything more than magic, but oh, such whimsy. And then out of the shrubbery came a jetmunk, and he began to change and form into a coachman, and out of the ground she felt the ground rumble, and out of a hare's patch, or rabbit's patch here in the United States, came a wonderful footman, gilded in the same type of finery as her. Now you must go, but a warning, my dearest, by the stroke of midnight you must be back, for my magic is undone then. Okay, this type of magic is very, 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 very difficult. But I'm a very, very talented fairy godmother. Now go, scoot, scoot, scoot. And before she knew it, Cinderella was in the carriage and they were off. Oh, such carriages lined the passage to the castle. The road was full of footmen waiting for their charges. And she came up at once to the beautiful staircase that led up to the palace. Fireworks kept going off in intervals of every five minutes or so, and there were people of all types from all across the kingdom, all around the lawn, in many different stages of merriment. Colors galore, ribbons, finery, everywhere, draped from every parapet and tower of the castle. This was her moment. This was her time. She got down from the carriage and she heard a clink, clink. She lifted the big folds of her gown to see beautiful crystal slippers unlike she'd seen before. Oh, oh, for her godmother. Oh, she was aghast of a blush. She was just excited to be here. She did a little twirl in front of the carriage. 
to the amazement of all the other gods and courtiers around at the beauty and iridescent splendor of her and her gown. I guess it's time. Wish me luck. She looked over to the footman, the coachman, and the horses. Birdie horses. And off she strut, tenderly, gingerly, up the staircase. Oh, people stopped and stared at her as she made her way. Music that she'd never heard but except across the wonderful kingdom, echoing from the chambers of the castle. And there was the door. Door was such a pale word for this wonderful masterpiece of architecture, flanked by two guards and a courtier. She stepped up at once, passed them both, and came to the staircase that led to the beautiful ballroom. Oh, she was aghast in delight. There were colors of crystal and majesty all around. People dancing, drinking, eating. Such colors, performers were up in the ceiling in ribbons. Oh, and there was the throne. And not far from it, she could tell by their finery, were the king, queen, and prince, surrounded by dukes, duchesses, earls, and baronets. She could see, at the corner of that grouping, was her stepmother and stepsisters. How, you may ask, from such a distance? Why, by the garish colors they always wore, bright red, darkest and brightest blue, and the most poignant yellow you'd ever seen, they might as well been fluorescent. They could have caught their own, started their own fire if they were not careful by the brightness of their gowns. Gowns that were not had not been in fashion for a generation, but they still wore them well. You could tell they were trying to edge their way closer and closer to the crown prince, but kept getting sideswiped by some count or countess. Still they tried, talking their way up, earls and baronets, bit by bit, till they could get closer to the crown prince. But as Cinderella stepped on to the mainland at the top of the staircase, not a smudge on her, resplendent in all her gown and her beauty, it seemed for an instant everybody's breath stopped, and as if everybody had looked at her in unison. My goodness, could it be as she knew the dress glinted so well in the sunlight and in the light light, but lamplight, but, but for her, how she began red, but she knew to keep her composure. Why, why, why are they staring? It must be the gown. It was only for two heartbeats, but she could still tell that people were looking at her as she made her way back down, on down the staircase and into the ballroom proper. The music was joyous and cheerful, light, something you would hear from the countryside or from the edges of the kingdom of farm folk. She was flabbergasted, to say the least, that such fine people would dance to such, I guess, low-brow music, but everybody was having all forms of merriment. And then she locked eyes with him. She'd not intended to. Mindless, she was looking for a piece of cake, cause she heard the cake here was delicious. But there he was, the crown prince. 
She about stumbled. She knew she didn't physically, but she had to keep her own composure, for he was just as beautiful as she thought she, he was. Not so gruff or manly as most people seem to think, but a slight masculine feminine beauty, a sharp jawline with such kind eyes, a mischievous grin, a little stubble, but not a lot. His eyes locked on hers. And they both seemed to, to, what was she thinking? What, 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 what could she say? Oh my goodness, he was looking at her. <gasps> she took a breath. She looked away, but she could draw only draw her eyes back. And she all stifled a giggle as she saw right at his shoulder, her stepmother trying to get his attention and realizing that he had only eyes for her. He turned to her and said, I'm so sorry, and made a beeline for her at once. Hello, ma'am. Um, may I, may I have a dance? Of course. You, of course you may. You're the, you're the crown prince. I know, but you're, you're unlike anybody here. You seem to have been looking for cake or something like that, not me. Well, truth be told, I was. <laughs> I rarely get out, and I really only came out to enjoy the festivities. Oh, so you're not looking to marry me, are you? Well, that wasn't the plan. And they were off dancing. Stepmother and stepsisters fuming. One about kicked one of the servants, for she was so and mad. But the crown prince and Cinderella danced. And danced far longer than was custom. One dance, two dance, all the while. He was regaling her with wonderful stories, and she was regaling him with little anecdotes from the garden, or how to get out a particular pesky grass stain on your own when you don't have a servant to help you. He seemed to genuinely enjoy her company. They talked for what seemed an instant, but also ages. Oh, she was in such majesty, such a feeling of contentment in their moment. This wasn't the blind tomfoolery of, oh my goodness, starstruckness. No, no, she enjoyed him. He was genuinely kind and exceedingly interested if half his stories were to be believed. As you know, people want to exaggerate their stories. And he genuinely seemed interested in every little tidbit she had to say and asked her for more. Oh, time seemed to stop with them. But she really needed something to drink. Excuse me. Well, oh, am I going too fast? No, no, no. I think I'm a little parched. We've been dancing for a while. Oh, let me get you. Let me get you a glass of water. Oh, I would be delighted. And they exited the dance floor and she waited. Who do you think you are? Oh, my goodness, such rudeness, she said, blurting out in her own confidence of her gown. I'm just here enjoying the festivities. Well, it seems like you're trying to snatch up the prince for my two beautiful daughters over there. Well, I won't let you. Excuse me, madam, you won't let what? Oh, prince, I won't let her ruin her dress. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I do apologize, Crown Prince. Would you like to dance with one of my daughters? They've been wanting to. I do apologize, madam. But 
I have this next dance with this lovely lady here. And off Cinderella and the crown prince were off. Once again, on a very fast-paced waltz, they were both enjoying. Cinderella lost track of time, and she heard the fatal boom, boom of the clock tower. And the clock began to strike midnight. Oh my goodness, I must go. I must go. I do apologize. I have to go. It is time. It's far past my bedtime. As she made a beeline for the stairs in the entryway. The crown prince was in such shock. He barely had time to catch up to her. Before he knew it, she was up the stairs and down the other side, headed towards the carriage. The carriage was up there at once. She could see the very tippy top beginning to turn orange. Slowly, but ever present. The crown prince made his way, trying to get to her. Madam, what is your name? What is your name? I'm sorry, I haven't time. This was a fabulous night. I must go. And she was in the carriage and off at once. The horses ran faster and faster with each clanging of the bell. As their hooves began to change, bit by bit they shrank, and the carriage around her began to shrink more and more, becoming less carriage, more pumpkin. The coachman was the first to change back into a chipmunk. She barely caught him before he fell off, and the second one to change was the poor footman. Back into a rabbit, hopping and hopping all up and down the inside of the carriage, bit by bit, at every gong, the, the carriage turned from carriage to pumpkin. Oh, we need to make it, we need to make it before she knew it. She was walking on all, running with the carriage on top of her head as they both and all of them fell. Birds chittered, but they were home. Pieces of the carriage barely hung on. Pumpkin was a mess, but she had fun. Oh, if only I could see the prince again. Oh, well. And up Cinderella went, back up to the manor street, to her little hideaway quarters, scrubbing off her face and fell asleep. She awoke the next morning, much later than normal. And to her great delight, her stepmother and stepsisters weren't mad at her. They barely even noticed her absence, for they were fuming. Oh, that little... Different words or expletives all up and down the manor house. And then there was a knock on the door. Excuse me, the crown prince is here to find the person who matches this slipper. Cinderella heard slipper. She looked down at her own foot, feet, and no foot, for only one was in one of the glass slippers. <gasps> one had fallen. Oh, every woman in this house, please come out now. She heard a click at her door. As she looked through the peephole of the lock, and there, there was her stepsister staring in. I know it was you. I know it. Please, please let me out. Whoever fits this shoe will be the one who marries the prince, so he wants. And the ground prince came on in. She could hear the whole hoverballoo above. But she was trapped below. Or was she? Cinderella was a strong gal. She could get down that door. 
She had to build up the courage first. Upstairs, the crown prince was trying on the shoes for her two stepsisters, trying each of their feet bit by bit as they tried to slip them on. None would fit. The stepmother tried to protest, tried to plead her case. They were swollen from dancing so much with you, crown prince. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Madam, I highly doubt this is the wonderful woman. I Yes, your daughters, yes, your daughters are beautiful, but they don't feel right. I don't think they're my lady. Is there any other ladies within the household? None, none, none whatsoever. None, and with a bang, Cinderella barged out of her quarters. The crown prince heard the hubbubaloo and went down to the kitchens and down to the cellar and found Cinderella. Ha! I live here. I see that. Are you a servant girl? No. The crown prince looked at her in amazement. Then, what are you? I live here, just, uh, but I do live here. Well, let's get you to try on the slipper. Okay, okay. <laughs> and they did. And the sisters were fuming, having to be held back by guards. Same thing with the stepmother, as she continued to ramp and rave. There's no way such an ugly girl will fit those beautiful slippers. She was here last night anyway. How could she have gone? I forbade her to go to the ball. Blah, 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 blah. And to her shock and horror, the slipper began to move and perfectly fit her beautiful foot, and in that moment, the magic was redone as the beautiful gown from the night before reappeared and reaccentuated and reintinuated back into its resplendent glory from that beautiful completion of that shoe. And the prince knew this was his bride. This is my lady. And he took her to the castle with the stepmother and stepsisters ranting and raving more and more as the carriage left the manor house and hurried towards the castle to begin planning their beautiful wedding. And Cinderella, the crown prince, king and queen, lived happily ever after. Oh my goodness, lovelies, that was a long telling, but I figured y'all would enjoy it. Now, I know I did mess up here and there, but that's the joy of ad-libbing at times, you know? Now, I hope y'all enjoyed this one. I think I'll continue doing these ad-lib stories, and if you did enjoy it, or if you'd like me to keep doing it, feel free to send me an email and let me know at yourgayauntie at gmail.com. And if you are so inclined and you'd like to become a patron on my Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash shining Nathan. I have a $3 level that's very cost accessible. And if just $3 a month, you can support me to I can make more of content like this. I love you, sweet peas. And you go on and take care of yourself. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Storytime with Shining Nathan. If you did, remember to subscribe and feel free to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you would like to support this channel and your gay auntie, go to patreon.com forward slash shining Nathan. If you have any suggestions on pieces we can read, feel free to email us at yourgayauntie at gmail.com. Remember, 
You are loved. You are fully valid. And we're so happy you're here. You take care of yourself.